Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Prime time. Colts and Chiefs this Sunday night from Arrowhead. I'm Kevin Bowen. Back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. Joey Molinaro. We're, we're in our primetime studio, a little closet here at MS Communications. And I don't know. I feel like it's been, you know, the Colts weren't even scheduled to be in a primetime game last year. And then they get flexed into it week 17. This is kind of one of the first real juiced up regular season night game matchups in quite a while. Yeah. And I feel like really the entire NFL has been looking forward to this game. Every week on Sunday Night Football, I feel like they've previewed at least a little bit. I've heard, you know, we got the big one with Indianapolis and Kansas right. City coming up. So, and I'm very sure, exciting. Sure, a lot of that has to do with, you know, the quarterback on the opposing sideline come Sunday night. But um, I, I do feel a little bit uptick, even though Sunday left such a sour taste in a bunch of people's mouths. Um, as it should have, there is a lot of anticipation for Sunday night in the rematch. Going back to where you lost uh, last year in January. So we will hit on that, the blueprint to try and beat the Chiefs. Um, you know, a bit of a busy week. You know, the injury list as we record here on Thursday morning doesn't look great. Uh, Kansas City's injury list looks maybe a little bit better than we thought it was going to as well, so that's not a good thing. And um, I I do want to touch on a little bit of a quarterly report card, if you will, um, with the Colts four weeks into the season, and we know NFL coaches love to break down the season in quarters, so we will do that as well on, uh, on today's podcast. Well, uh, on Monday night, Kevin, Chris Ballard came on for his quarterly report on the uh, Colts Roundtable Live with Matt Taylor. What do we think from his comments there? Yeah, and for those of you that missed it, um, article up on the website, 1075thefan.com, recapping um, all the highlights from what Chris Ballard, uh, kind of his annual, like you said, quarterly updates that he has. Um, I would say the first thing that stood out to me was he mentioned how the young receivers have got to continue to step up. And I would say the offense in general, you know, when we talk about grades later in the podcast, you know, I think rightfully so, I'm going to give them pretty favorable grades, grades that I would have been happy to take home to mom and dad. But Paris Campbell and Deion Kane, I just, uh, I, I know they're young, very young. I mean, four games into their NFL careers, pretty much, when you consider what Kane missed last year. But I expected a little bit more. You know, if you would tell me that T.Y. Hilton's going to miss a, game and a half Devin Funches is going to miss three full games I wouldn't be sitting here saying wait Paris Campbell's longest catch is 15 yards he's averaging six yards per reception you know I think we expected a little bit more of the game breaking element out of Campbell and then you you, you go over to Deion Kane and you're like wait what one catch in his last nine targets since Funches went down, mm-hmm. you know, Funches goes down in week one. Yes, Kane did draw the big pass interference penalty down in Tennessee, but, um, you know, the, the, the five-target, zero-catch game on Sunday is definitely not what I expected. And, you know, I asked Frank Reich, I guess it was on Monday, what is kind of holding – is there something, you know, holding Deion Kane back from having some of these bigger outings? 
And he mentioned a little bit of route running. You know, he's got to kind of fine-tune that. And it's one of those things where just because Jacoby goes elsewhere with the football, he's going to come back on Monday, and he's going to watch the All-22 film, and he's going to see, did you run your route fully? And that earns trust when a quarterback knows that, you know, his wideouts or his pass catchers are doing that. And I will say it's not totally on Kane. You know, there was a – I think it was the first drive of the game, Joey, a third and 11. And we touched on this on Monday's podcast where Brissett, you know, in my mind, forces the ball to Jack Doyle. LaMarcus Joyner easily could have picked it off. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look back and watch that all 22 – He's got Deion Kane definitely open on a deep end on the bottom of that picture that would have gotten you a first down on a third and 11. So I, I just still look at this offense and think to myself, if you truly want to reach its potential, which from a passing offense standpoint, there's been a lot of good, but you still got to get a f- couple notch, notches higher. You need more out of uh, out of Kane and Campbell. Um, He's... He, very high as he should be, Ballard is on Kari Willis. You know he, he's mentioned that you know Willis is a guy that has been outstanding. Um, the more playing time he gets, the more confident he gets. He, he's going to be, uh, you know, definitely I think a long time player for the Colts. And I'm curious to see, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, just what the role for Kari Willis looks like this week because mm-hmm. Clayton Gathers, as we sit here on Thursday. Um, he, he's behind the eight ball with that concussion protocol. Um, but just point blank, these rookies have to play. And, you know, Frank Wright kind of echoed something similar to what we were saying on Monday of like, that's not a bad thing that all these rookies are playing. Yes, there are growing pains and you have to accept that and like all of that. But, you know, it's baptism by fire. It's it's letting guys make mistakes in live action and learn from those mistakes and um, so I, I think Ballard knows there's been some ups and downs with that group, but Kari Willis has been the guy that um, that has definitely been on the uh, on the high end. Anything else from Ballard before we move on? Nothing really. Um, you know, he, he he mentioned Jacoby. He's lived up to the comment that Ballard made during the Andrew Luck press conference of he's not going to flinch. Mm-hmm. And which I, I largely think he has not flinched. I think he has played better than I thought he would play through the first four weeks of the season. Um, it hasn't been absolutely 100% perfect, but it's been it's been good. It's been good enough for this football team to be three and one. And so I think Chris Ballard is pleased with what he's seen out of a out of QB one. It always seems like it happens like this, Kevin. When you're struggling with something, you go into an opponent where. That, that's what they're going to exploit, right? I mean, coming into the Kansas City game, the hot topic this week around the town is what the hell is going on with this defense? Yeah, and you know, and you talk about injuries too. Could you think of a worse week to have your two starting safeties possibly be out? Oh, my gosh. You I know? Mean, yeah. They're, like they're, Newton's law. Uh, not Newton. Who, I forget what law. Murphy's law. Okay. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Boom. Gosh, wow. I didn't realize we'd be giving out science. No. Newton's physics? law is science. Physics. I don't know. No, I don't know what that is now that I think about it. But, uh, yeah, it sounds intelligent. Um, It's not an ideal situation to have the opponent that you have on Sunday considering how this defense has played. And let's let's break down, I guess. Let's let's start with the run defense um, and kind of move our way, I guess, to every level of the defense. So that defensive line group – 
has been extremely underwhelming, disappointing. Um, really, in the last two weeks, right? I mean, yeah, definitely from the pass rush. Yeah, pass rush the last two weeks, but that run defense. I mean, you got gashed right, from, from week one. Week right. one, you know, that was more missed tackles and stuff like that. But I thought you got blown off the ball a little bit in that game. So right now, you are averaging. 5.47 yards per carry through the first four weeks. That is the worst mark in franchise history through the first four weeks of a season. The worst mark. Baltimore, Indianapolis, insert whatever city you want to, the worst mark in Colts franchise history through the first four weeks of the season. You know, when you talk to Frank Reich and Matt Eberflus, they mentioned the gap control and gap integrity and maybe not having as much backside responsibility. Obviously, you think to the 60-yarder that Oakland had on Sunday, which, as we mentioned on Monday's podcast, Anthony Walker admitted this week that was definitely his fault. Ben Banigou on the back end of that play didn't have his gap integrity either. Um and, you know, it's been Frank Reich's biggest disappointment, and it should be Frank Reich's biggest disappointment because this was a top-10 run defense last year. They have not faced Gurley, Barkley, Zeke, Mixon, you know, what David Johnson. You know, I know they didn't play Johnson last year, but they haven't faced any of these elite, elite runners. Um, and that defensive line, clearly there's been personnel changes already. Grover Stewart for Marcus Hunt in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. They signed Trayvon Coley and cut a guy in Jihad Ward who they've been high on. And, you know, Ward played snaps for you on Sunday. Like, this isn't a guy that he just was inactive every week. He was a contributor for you. So, um, you know, we, we've ta- we talked about this in the offseason, Joey. I liked a lot of what Chris Ballard did during the offseason, but one of the questions I did have was, did you do enough at defensive tackle? Mm-hmm. That beef. And honestly, you didn't do anything, really. It was just kind of like, okay, we've got Hunt, we've got Autry, Al Woods is not coming back. You know, He was benched about halfway through last season, but he was a wider body. Um, you know, Hassan Ridgeway was traded during the draft. You know, Tyquan Lewis was expected to take on a bigger role. Same with Jihad Ward. And so far, I think the interior, particularly Hunt. I mean, Hunt was one of your best players through the first four weeks last season, and he's been just invisible, um, which is hard to do when you're 6'8 and 290 pounds. But, um, you know, the, the Colts were steadfast. They felt like their defensive tackle personnel was good enough. And I feel like mainly in the interior, they've just been gashed. Um so that's your issue run defense wise. Pass rush, you've actually blitzed a decent amount. Like Kenny Moore has come on that, you know, patented little nickel slot corner blitz a lot. He hasn't gotten home. You've even brought Clayton Gathers a few times. Like the, the the blitz, if you look at some of the analytics numbers, it's not pretty with the ineffectiveness of that blitz and how quarterbacks have been successful when pressured this season. Um, you know, when you've rushed four, obviously you haven't gotten home. I mean, Danico Autry and Justin Houston, man. I mean, Houston, I think, has played 185 snaps, 184 snaps, something like that, Joey. One sack. Yeah, need a little bit more. I mean, he's had like – let me see if I can find those numbers. He's had like one sack and five, five or so tackles. Um, because like we talked about the Colts were coming into this year thinking 
10, 11, 12. Oh, north of that. Yeah. I mean, they thought they thought in, in the teens. He would be a teen sacker, you oh, know, 13-plus. Wow. Okay, here it is. Justin Houston, in his last four games, Joey, so basically here with with the Colts, seven tackles, one sack. In his last four regular season games in Kansas City, five sacks, 19 tackles. Hmm. You know, he felt like, the Colts felt like the scheme change would do him better. I mean, it's... We're four games into it, but so far, the returns have not been there for Justin Houston. And, you know, who knows? Maybe going into Arrowhead is going to wake that up. But um, he just serving a little bit the first you know, quarter of the season. See, you know, trying to balance that out. Okay, I'm going to bring it late. I, I, I don't think you can afford to do that, especially yeah. for a guy like him who's battled injuries. Right. You know, it's like you got to get it when you're healthy, man. And he's been healthy through the first four games. I don't think he's missed a single practice or been on the injury report all year long. I mean, a few sort of veteran rest days, but nothing injury related. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the blitz hasn't been good. And then lastly, from a coverage standpoint, Joey, they are they are using some man concepts. I don't I don't want people to think like this is straight Tampa two zone cover two you know gathers and hooker just you know split the middle of the field and you have your linebackers you know sitting there and your corners are playing off this is not that every single snap by any means you know for example like the tie um the Tyrell Williams touchdown over Quincy Wilson those two are in man on that play the other part of the play is zone mm-hmm. so they are they are mixing some things up now what I would like to see it's a little bit of press man across the board. Now, that's putting your corners on a bit of an island. Maybe it's press man with with that center field sort of safety. But that, to me, disrupts timing. Whereas if you don't play the press, quarterback's going to read that, and quarterback's going to pick you apart, especially when your pass rush is pretty vacant. Um, so I think that's something that I would like to see. And then when they do play zone, it's poor recognition and – where to line up in the zone, poor recognition in terms of anticipating when that ball comes off a quarterback's hand, you break. And we just haven't seen that. They just they just look a step slow yeah. in those zone stuff. And I mean, who knows, man? I know your boy played great on Monday night, but you know, we'll see. Does Mason Rudolph and Josh Rosen and Joe Flacco a three game stretch and late October, early November, cure that because I mean you're seeing Mahomes Sunday and you're seeing Deshaun Watson when you come back from the bye. So um you know it, and we can make fun of the whole Mahomes or the whole Rudolph and Rosen and like I mean we saw last year even like Derek Anderson had some success moving the football against this team and had a decent completion percentage as well. So um just a lot of issues man at at, at every level of this defense right now. You mentioned earlier your two uh, starting safeties, you know, it's not looking good for them in, in Kansas City on Sunday night. So, you know, backups, Kari Willis, meet Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, and I'm really curious what they do at safety. Again, as we record this right now, Clayton Gathers has not practiced in the concussion protocol. We know his injury history. Unfortunately, we know um, he missed multiple games last year due to concussion and neck injury. I'm a little torn on what they're going to do if um, if Gathers can't go. If Gathers can't go, I assume you'd move Willis to strong safety. Because he played free safety last week for Malik Hooker. But I think that 
Willis is more of a strong safety. Even if you look at that Oakland game, the plays he made, you know, the the, the notable plays he made are, again, closer to the line of scrimmage, you're coming up, being that extra man in a box. And then in the free safety role, you have two options, in my mind. Go with George Odom, who started two games for you last year. He's played some deep safety role. He played a dozen snaps for you on Sunday in the dime package. So I think he's thought of, even though he's a college linebacker at 180 pounds, which is crazy, um, he's played some deep safety before and feels a lot more comfortable because last year he admitted you know, his heart was racing and just didn't even know what the hell he was doing times out there. The intriguing name, and I – I say intriguing because I, I just like creative things, but to some fans it might be nightmarish, is Quincy Wilson. Um, he's mentioned that it's a lot more safety for him this week. I don't know if that means as a reserve, as a dime linebacker, or as a dime safety, or if that means literally there's a chance he could start. I mean, I, I, I get the impression he's going to be back there, some if not a good amount on Sunday night and you know Mahomes is going to test him and he's never played safety deep safety in a game we've seen him do some box stuff but I mean like I said earlier all the injury news I think looks positive on Darius Leonard unless he has a setback here when he gets into full contact practices I mean you could literally be missing your two starting safeties and you know think back to last year's meeting Joey JJ Wilcox that was a starter before he had safety. Malik Hooker out with a foot injury. Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, you got gashed in the run game, too. Damian Williams had a big day. So um, it's a defense that I think the good news on the injury report is, again, Leonard getting back. Um, appear to Sears no longer on the injury report. That's a key name as well. Uh, but without Clayton Gathers, man. Oof. Oof. JJ Wilcox, that's um, that that truly is more Cox, more problems. I yeah, mean, yeah, hundred percent. You know, you don't want any of that. No, then that, that's not Mo Alley Cox. That nope. is JJ Wilcox, who, uh, yeah, I would say was exposed on that uh, eerie night in Arrowhead. Well, let's go back to that eerie night in Arrowhead in January. The Colts had a blueprint, and it just went to hell from the very start. How do they follow up? on Sunday night with that blueprint and make it work this time. Yeah, the, you just said it pretty darn well. It, it, it went to hell from the start. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Colts got the ball to start the game. Marlon Mack, negative run. Ebron drop on third and five. And the floodgates opened from there. It, you know, Joey, it was sh- so shocking. I remember it, it'd be funny if almost we could edit some of the clips from our preview podcast in January to what I'm about to say now. I remember feeling confident in, like, the Colts at least have a blueprint. There are a lot of teams in the NFL that don't have that blueprint to be able to corral the Chiefs, slow down the Chiefs a bit. And the reason that that I felt like they had the blueprint is they had done such a good job all year not allowing big plays with that defense, which is a huge philosophical belief of what Matt Eberflus wants to do. And think about how good that O-line was playing. Right. They just rushed for however many yards against Houston. Right. I I had forgotten that group had been kind of intact for about six-ish games, six or seven games. Andrew Luck hadn't been sacked. They had achieved, I think, over 150 rushing yards in like five of the six games Mm -hmm. that that group was playing together. And you go out there, Luck gets sacked three times. Marlon Mack in the first half, five carries, 
nine yards. Yep. You didn't have a first down until a minute 28 to go. I think it was a minute 28, something like a minute, minute 30. I mean, less than two minutes to go in the first half. And Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken, scored on consecutive drives yeah, oh yeah. to start the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was 17. Yeah. It was 17 nothing, I think, before you could blink. Um, think about that. The best third down team in the NFL, 0 for 9 that afternoon. Yep. And you don't have a first down until the two minute warning, l- less than the two minute warning. It was just. Yeah, it was shocking. And so the byproduct of that is there's no ball control. You have the ball for 20 minutes. That's a third of the game. You're allowing Kansas City to have possession after possession. And by the time that your defense started to get its footing a little bit in the second half, it's just too much to come back from it. And you had some self-inflicted. You had 10 penalties, which is very uncharacteristic. Vinny misses you know, a couple of shorties. Uh, we, we talked about the Ebron drop. and um, Yeah, man, it, it's just... There, there is this blueprint there that they had majorly back in January, and they still have some of it now. But man, you just—it was such an uncharacteristic outing, and and we haven't even really mentioned Hill and Kelsey, who had big games. But then, how about your run defense? Hadn't yeah. allowed a hundred-yard yeah. rusher all year long, and Damian Williams just gashes you for more than 120. It, it, it was shocking, man. So, the blueprint then being, you're gonna get more into it, into the keys of the game, or what we? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's let let's hold off on the exact blueprint um, that I'm looking for until uh, until keys of the game. All right, I talked about it on the tailgate, which you can listen to uh, 8 a.m. usually on on the fan on Saturday mornings, but this week it's 7 a.m. Seven to eight on the fans. Oh, you guys how, are early. Yeah, we're early. Um, and and, and the, for fans that don't know, tell us a little about the college tailgate. Yes, you, yes, you and Taylor yes, Tannenbaum. Yes, Taylor Tannenbaum from Channel 13. Her and I, we have an hour on Saturday mornings. We preview the whole day of college football coming up, mostly local. Um, we just get you ready to roll. But I compared these two weeks, last week and this week, to midterms. It's kind of that time. Your midterm tests are coming up. And lo and behold... After the first quarter, you put together a little report card for the Colts. Yes. Uh, as, as a son of two teachers, I guess I uh-huh. feel obligated to hand out grades. Um, you created a beautiful actual report card to put on the fridge. Thanks, man. Um, if you will, which I actually need to print that out and maybe take that home. <laughs> um, so, yes, we are grading the Colts after the first quarter of the season. Rushing offense, passing offense, rushing defense, pass defense. I got into special teams. We all know what that grade is. And then uh, overall. So, um, how do you want to do it? Do you want to just run through it and and, and, and trans- how, how do well, you Yeah, do it? L- l- let's just go here. I'll read off the grades. You let me know if you disagree, agree. Were you surprised by anything? Okay. Sure. Um, rushing offense, I gave a B, a B plus. Anything stand out to you about that? You think higher, lower? No, no, I think that's about right. Just because of the couple games that you um, saw against, I think Atlanta. And L.A.? Mostly L.A. Yeah, I mean, L- that, L.A. was huge. That was that was the one that really kept the grade strong. Yeah. And then... A little the bit overall. of dip. You know, yeah. a, a little bit of dip. And I think a lot of that is you've played some more run-heavy boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're still top 10 in rushing yards per game. Um, so, yeah, I think all in all, I gave that a B+. Uh, passing offense, I have that as a B-. minus. Um... I guess I was a little torn on this. Some people think I, I, I've actually heard both. Some people are like it's too low. Some people think it's too high. 
B minus for me is the good is obviously Jacoby Brissett. He's the only quarterback in the NFL to throw at least two touchdowns in every game, which is pretty crazy. And you have to take into consideration, you know, Hilton has missed a game and a half. Funches has missed three games. But you still need a little bit more out of this passing offense, whether that's from chunk plays or the yards per attempt. And obviously, the drops probably probably knock that down at least a half a letter grade. You know, if you don't have the drops again Sunday, you're probably getting a B, B-plus here. Um, See, I, I try to look at it from August 25th. If you say... F- Four games in, two and two. Jacoby Brissett's the only quarterback in the league to throw two touchdowns each game. You're going to go. I'm going to give it at least a B. Yeah, maybe even a B plus. Yeah, you know the recency of like oh, but but what could have been? I think that drops it down to a B minus or a C plus for some people. And, and yeah, and I, I think what we have to remember is passing offense is just not Jacoby Brissett. You've got to take factor in everybody. You're so right. unfortunately, Eric Ebron and Chester Rogers and Deion Kane, True. what they did on Sunday, that knocks you down. Now, some some good news as well. You, you are sixth in the league in sacks allowed per pass attempt, which I know you were the best team in the league last year in that. But I I, I still think that's a notable um, notable number for sure. Yeah. Uh, rushing defense I have is a D minus. Could you D- go full F, huh? I, you don't want to be that harsh? I couldn't go full. I probably should have gone F. Yeah. Now, now that I think about it, when I'm saying that's the worst start to a season in franchise history, I guess maybe Jabal Sheard's injury and Darius Leonard a little bit banged up is the only reason I didn't go full F. Yeah. But it's been bad, man. Mm-hmm. Just... And again, it's it's even a bigger stinker, which is such a Frank Reich word to use, considering how good it was last year. And I think that's the disappointing aspect and the big gut punch of like you expected so much out of this defensive line, you haven't faced these like just rocking tough, big offensive line, big committed running game. Like, yeah, I guess Tennessee a little bit, but even Taylor Lewan wasn't in the lineup for yeah. that game. Like, it, that's where it is disappointing to me. So, D minus there. I go C minus pass defense. Some people thought this was too generous. But let's remember the pass rush was effective the first two weeks of the year. I think he had eight combined sacks in those first two games. And if you look at the passing yards and the passing yards per play, it's not horrible. It's definitely below average, but it's not horrible. Um, That's so weird that on the road is when they were rushing the passer better. And then at home, you know, I know there's different factors in terms of offensive lines that you face, things like that, but you would think that would be the opposite. Right. And and as we said on Monday, like, okay – Keep on telling me that Derek Carr gets the ball out quicker. Why is Kansas City and Minnesota combining for seven sacks against him? Right. The two previous weeks. Yeah. Like, okay, Matt Ryan gets the ball out, but Matt Ryan's been sacked a ton. And, like, and I don't think we look at definitely Atlanta's offensive line was a little banged up. Even Oakland had some in game injuries on their offensive line as well to multiple spots. So, um, yeah, we'll go C minus pass defense. What did I give special teams? I don't, I don't even have special teams. You actually gave it a D plus. Did I really? Yeah. Because punt return? You have the run defense D minus, but um, yeah. I think uh, I think because the punt return average is somewhat six high. and punt return average. Yeah. So I wanted to incorporate everything. And then, um, I mean, Vinny has made all his kick. Well, I guess he missed one on Sunday. That was from 57 yards. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, for those looking to head to Sunday, Vinny is 8 of 12 in his career at Arrowhead. 
8 of 12, 75%, which is kind of the norm for him away from home. What's the forecast looking like out there, do you know? I think there's a, a small chance of rain, uh, but, you know, we've had this heat wave here in Indy um, over the past few days, but I think it's going to feel like a nice fall night, you know, crisp football, football weather, you know. Good. Little, I love it. Little uh, Friday night sectional football weather, if you will. And then lastly, Joey, uh, I said a B minus overall. Two and two. So I guess by the letter of the law, that's average, which means a C. But I think they've, they've played slightly better than than, than average. I, I just – and the reason I give this a B minus is because you won on the road in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's one game that you had to have early in the season – it was that game. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going B-minus for the Colts through the first four weeks. All right, let's get into some Thursday Twitter questions, Kevin, just like we usually do. Just, just a handful, nothing too crazy here. We'll start with Logan. He says, hey, Kevin, I always miss your tweet for questions, so I figured I'd send you a message. So thanks for doing that, Logan. With gathers and concussion protocol and three healthy safeties, do you think they would give Marvell Tell some run to see how he does considering he was a safety in college? Yeah, it's a decent question, Logan, because the Colts haven't made a roster move at safety this week, Joey, and they didn't make a roster move last week at safety either. So think about that. Hooker hurt, Gathers possibly inactive, and yet, as Logan points out, you're rolling with three healthy safeties. Those those safeties are Kari Wills, George Odom, and Roland Milligan. Rolling, 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 rolling. What? I love that's a great song. <laughs> um, Roland Milligan does not look like is that Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock? Uh, Limp Biscuit, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I think it is Limp. Um, Mr. Biscuit to me. <laughs> he um, Milligan, I don't think has ever played at least a defensive snap. Like I said, Odom has barely played this year. 14 snaps, 12 last week. But I think this is where Quincy Wilson comes into play. I just I cannot see Marvell tell moving over there i i just i know he played there in college but for now i think they'll they'll roll with the corners they got move wilson over and that will be your safety group potentially on sunday night it'd be a tough assignment there hey, there you go marvell right and, uh go see what mahomes does to you and like at least quincy wilson has been out there and i don't know i got quincy wilson talks like he like he knows what he's doing which he said he talked to mike mitchell uh, you know, his for- former safety, uh-huh. kind of his no, mentor. Well, yep. um, talked to him earlier this week, and um, he knows Mahomes is going to see 31 or 30 back there, whoever it is, and he's going to be, or hell, even 37, the rookie. He's going to say, watch this, boys. Uh, okay, from Daryl. He says, after watching the game highlights, I've come to a conclusion. I think our defensive players are more worried about grades than actually being instinctual. Eberflus has taken that away from them. I believe we have the players to get the job done. He's just stubborn or Chuck Pagano-ish. No adjustments, just vanilla as they come. You have to play complementary football with balance if the pass rush isn't hitting home. Then play more man to slow the opponents down. Thoughts? Well, Daryl, thanks for the question. Um, As far as... The vanilla part, you know, I mentioned this in a story earlier this week, which isn't that earth-shattering to us, but it's just kind of kind of repeats the notion that I think we all think here in, 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 in Indy, and it's true across the NFL. I was talking to an NFL assistant this week, and he was like, yeah, the Colts is the simplest defense in the NFL. Mm. Which, again, that we know they're simple, but yeah. like to hear that, you know, from an outside um, building, it just kind of reiterates um, – 
bunch of simpletons. Yeah, something that we already knew. So, um, I, I I don't think that I, I don't know. I, I don't know if players. You know, you would think if your scheme's very simple, wouldn't you play on instincts? You know, isn't there less thinking involved? Um, so I don't think they're worried so much about grading and effort. I think it's just like, okay, your responsibility is this. Um, play fast within that responsibility. Um, you know, and I, I think what we are seeing is, is we are seeing a lot of missed assignments. You know, even if you look at like the Rocky Yassine touchdown where Foster Moreau makes a beautiful catch over Yassine early in that game, he kind of gets sucked in on the play action and doesn't get back into his own responsibility quick enough. Um, so I, I don't – I've clearly – I am clearly not a fan of the scheme. I mean, I've m- mentioned that numerous times, but I don't think of, like, we're going to lay a, a, a pie chart with blame. It's like 99.9% scheme. Um, I think it's a chunk of it. I think it's a good chunk of it. But the personnel, I don't think is top 10 defense personnel. And also, I think the um, – I think the players have had just some missed assignments for whatever reason, which obviously comes down on you know coaching and on down. From Alex, he says, hey, KB, I was curious your thoughts on how the Colts should defend Casey's defense. The Lions didn't look too bad against them yesterday and didn't know if the Colts should try to model some of their defensive schemes. Well, this, this is the million-dollar question. And, and, yeah, I mean, I, I've gone back and watched a large chunk of that Lions game. I mean, Detroit should have won that game. Yep. Like, Patrick Mahomes scrambles for a f- first down on fourth and eight to keep the game alive. And that on Johnson fumble was crazy. Huge. Was a 100-yard return yep. for yep. for Bashad Breeland? Did you see the scramble by Mahomes where he points back to the ref? Yeah, what was that, by the way? I saw everybody losing their mind, but usually at the Molinero household, we have about two or three TVs, so one that's not on the main screen is they're all on mute so we couldn't hear what right. they were talking about and we kept seeing the highlight what what was up with it so he looks back at the official to see if he's thrown a flag because if he's thrown a flag for holding he's gonna he, sh- do- he doesn't want to run 50 yards and get tired <laughs> okay i thought he was looking for something that might be like free play chuck it no no i i think i think he was looking for yeah holding which is just crazy to think that like he goes through the mind yeah let me look back at the official. <laughs> That's Mahomes the magic is, of Mahomes. Mahomes man. is such a stud. Um, so I, I I think a couple things stand out to me. You've got to keep him confined in the pocket. I know it's so much easier said than done, but you have to make him throw from the pocket. And just you can't allow big plays because Mahomes is going to take some risks. And... If you can make a play on one of those risky balls and set up a short field, that will be paramount, absolutely paramount, to trying to formulate some sort of upset. So keeping him confined in the pocket. And if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, that obviously helps you out a lot, which we saw him get back to practice on Wednesday, but I think it's there's still a question if he'll play. I don't know if you bracket Travis Kelsey, but you've got to do something. You have to do something to eliminate Travis Kelsey because he's a guy that just has killed you before and is is he I mean is he the best tight end in football he probably is um yes you you have got to do the job on Kelsey especially if Hill's not in the lineup because he is their true game breaker for that offense all right man let's hear some keys to the game yeah um all right we're seeing 11 point underdogs for the Colts that's what I got him at yesterday oh are you are you taking Colts cover i am 
Okay, nice. Um, okay, a little bit of info on that. Since 2000, the Colts have been double-digit underdogs 18 times. 18 times. They've won once. The game, arguably Chuck Pagano's greatest regular season win. In the Bay Area, against Jim Harbaugh's Fighting 49ers. Mm. Otherwise known as the debut game of... T. Rich. T. Rich 34. I still see a handful of T. Rich jerseys in the crowd every Sunday. Yeah, I mean, inevitably people were so hyped about trading for the third overall pick that they had to get it. First carry touchdown, right? Yep. Just stumbled his way in there. <laughs> There's a lot of stumbles for old Trent. So um, they won that one, but then what are they like on the cover? Do we have that? I stat? think they're eight and nine. So very meh. They've covered eight times, okay. haven't covered nine. Um, but if you remember about that game, Joey, which I think is just kind of ironic, great ball control throughout that whole game. Ahmad Bradshaw, huge game. Um, that's kind of the blueprint that I see for Sunday, if if you can do that. I also found this stat odd. So the Chiefs this year, they have been outscored in quarters one, three, and four. Combine those three quarters. They've been outscored by 20 points in those three quarters. Yeah, and then the second quarter, they score like 50 points. It's nuts. 70 to nine. Yeah. <laughs> 70 to nine in the second quarter. I'm like, Wow. That's just, I don't know. I I really don't know what to make of it. So, um, and then lastly, before we get into keys, just monitor the injury report like always. You know, we, we need to keep an eye on the two. Um, right now, my gut is saying this. No gathers, probably no Hilton. That's, again, this is just kind of my, my, my Thursday morning gut, which. That's just more precautionary of like hey we're going to a buy let's yeah. just make sure it doesn't right. get worse okay that's kind of my thought process I, I i do think leonard can play um marlon mack and paris campbell little iffy on both those now mack wasn't medically ruled out of sunday's game so i'm thinking okay that's probably a good sign for him playing sunday didn't practice on wednesday you know he's practiced before just on a friday and played so we'll watch that as the week goes on and then let's keep an eye on paris campbell the abdominal I know he went back in the game on Sunday. Uh, the Colts did make a practice squad move w- with a wideout this week, so maybe they need another body there. So, um, yeah, just a couple injuries to watch as well. Of course, the Tyree Kill one, Bears monitoring. But let's get into three keys, okay? Yep. Um, key number one is be Wisconsin. Okay. The Colts need to look like Wisconsin, the university, the football team, the Badgers, the whole jump around, fourth quarter. That's what they need to do. Kansas City wants the game to be Big 12. And you can't have it be Big 12. You need ugly. You need a run game. And, like, I'm not just saying this to, like, oh, let's play keep away. Yes, it's a byproduct of that. But your rushing offense is the greatest strength you have in this game. I don't know if you've seen the numbers, Joey, on Kansas City's rushing defense. To say it's historically bad would honestly be a compliment. They currently rank 32nd in the league in rush defense, one spot below the Colts. They are giving up 5.87 yards per carry. 
nearly six yards per carry. That is the second worst mark in NFL history through the first four weeks of the season since 1970. Which is weird because it's not like teams are going to be running on him very much. But I think teams are trying to play the keep away game. Right, but then they're always down by three scores. So by then half they have time. to throw. Yeah. But again, that's that yards per carry stat. You know, that is not necessarily rushing yards per game. And you know, I I hear Nick Nick Sirianni say er, earlier in the week, like, you know, our game has never been to try to hold the ball. The game is, you know, try to score the ball. Yeah, you know, try to score this and that. And then he goes, the way we think about that as an offense is how we are going to beat their defense. There's always something that we think about, but we have to play our game the way we know how to play our game on offense to beat their defense. Well, to beat their defense, your strength is the offensive line and running the football. And good news, a byproduct of that is then you can play a bit of keep away. You can limit some possessions for Patrick Mahomes. I expect Frank Gregg to be ultra aggressive in this game. That's that still means a heavy run run dose. It just means, you know, maybe some fourth down chances, you know, who knows, maybe you don't go for as many field goals, something like that. Uh, but you have B, Wisconsin. Key number two, no playground plays. You know, you can't let Patrick Mahomes just r- r- run around there. You know he hasn't thrown a pick all year? I can believe it. 156 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Hasn't thrown a pick. And they also lead the league in um, a few sacks allowed. He's I mean, been, his dudes are so wide open. I think he's been sacked three times. That he's never having to throw it into any congestion at all. Right. I mean, he just pitch and catch it's absurd um no playground plays you've got to keep him confined you know i don't know if darius leonard serves as a bit of a spy on some plays if if he indeed plays Uh, so that's key number two and then lastly find a short field the chiefs have scored at least 25 points in 25 straight games that's a long time yeah Mahomes has only been the quarterback i think for I don't know if that includes the playoffs, but he hasn't been the quarterback that entire time. Um, I think the Colts have scored at least 25 points in like three of their last 11 games. So you need this game in the 20s, man. And you got to find a short field. And you know, in that playoff game last year, you actually found a couple short fields. Yep, and you, you gave it right back. You, yeah, you had the Leonard strip, and then you gave it right back on the D Ford strip sack, and you had a special teams touchdown. You had a block. Oh yeah, it was a pass. Right. I think Pascal might have blocked it, and Ajay Good recovered it, or maybe it was the other way around. That seemed to get him back in it for a little bit, right? At least, life. yeah, um, kept people on that channel for at least a little longer. So, those are my keys to the game: be Wisconsin, no playground plays, and find a short field. You got a prediction? So you are taking the Colts with the points. Yeah, I just I really believe that after the, such a piss poor performance last week, that Reich and company are you know, and even the team's going to be okay. We got we got to tone it in. You know, we got to have a better game plan. Come For sure, out sharp. Yeah, you got a score. I don't have a score. I'm hoping actually, uh, you know, I'm hoping that it's 31-24. Okay, I've got 34-23. So push um, for me. Yeah. Talking to my colleagues this week in the media room, half the room thinks over 35 points. I don't know why I'm saying 34. You know, if you're missing your two starting safeties, I don't know, maybe Leonard back in the lineup. I, I, I think he makes a play or two. You just, you really need a defensive player to make a play. Kenny Moore, you know, he's been known as a playmaker. I feel like he's been a little bit quiet in that area to start the year. Um, yeah. For can sure. you even score 23? 
if there's no Hilton? Yes, because you, you can run it, right? Can you run it? I don't I mean, you better be able to run yeah, it. I was going to say, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that they run for 175 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Reich would sign up for that right now. So, um, But I'm, ve- I, I, I'm with you in that I'm curious to see if they can come out with that mindset yeah. that, that you're expecting, and, and they should come out. You know, as T.Y. Hilton said earlier this week, you know, if you need motivation for this game, something's wrong with you. Right. This isn't a sleepy 1 o'clock game no. against the kind of shitty right. Raiders. This it's- is not Spiro Ditas and Adam Archuleta. Yeah. This is Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth telling you about pro football focus exactly. every other play. I mean, this is let's go. I mean, this is prime time and you aren't playing football for another week after that, you know, bye weeks coming after that. And, um, I think it'll be fun to watch Frank Reich being very aggressive, which I expect him to be as well. He'll kind of play. Yeah. I mean, I think I tweeted this out on Sunday. Frank Reich plays coaches, a game of football play calls, the game of football. Like I used to play on video games. Yep. You know, no regard, no regard. Fourth and three. Let's do it. Odds are in my favor. Might as well. All right, man. You got anything else? Nope. I was about to ask you the same thing. So we'll have a keys to the game video coming up. Uh, obviously, folks will be listening to this, watching this on YouTube too. Uh, For sure. What else is going on before Sunday night? Yeah, let, let's monitor the injury report. Um, 1075thefan.com has had a lot of like last year, looking back at last year's game, what needs to change from that. Um, remember that embrace between Darius Leonard and Patrick Mahomes in midfield after that game? Yeah. You know, kind of touched on a little bit of that as well. And then Sunday night, it'll be a long time till eight twenty on Sunday night. But uh, waiting all day for it, man. Exactly. We'll have your coverage on one zero seven five thefan dot com. And then next week, we'll stick with the Monday morning. Maybe another one later in the week as the Colts get in their bye week. But I'm still kind of undecided on that right now. So cool. He's Joey Monero. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.